Good evening and welcome to On the Table. I'm Dorothy and I'm here with a wonderful group of Christian women to discuss the issues of the day. Much like we did in the old days around the kitchen table when the kids were in school. The call-in number is 646-595-4784 if you want to call in with a question on the prayer request. Press 1 to raise your hand in the queue. Our contact email is onthetablebc at hotmail.com. Now, we may not all agree all the time, but isn't that half fun? Different perspectives coming from different experiences and learning from each other? Pull up a chair and join us on this most excellent adventure in the reality of Christianity. Let's just see what's on the table tonight. Hello? Hello? Have we lost Dorothy? I think we have. I know the show well, started. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <clears throat> My name's Ronnie. And we have Cam with us. Good evening, everyone. There you go. Good evening. And Dorothy's supposed to be here, but I think something's happened. So, um, why don't we just go ahead, Pam? Would you like to pray? Okay. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this opportunity 
to give you praise and to give you glory. And we ask, Lord, that you watch over this show, taking care of everything concerned to it and anything that comes against it, Lord. We ask that, Lord, you will put a stop to it. We ask, Lord, that you'll just help us to speak and to share what's on your heart and what you have done for us down the years. Mm-hmm. That, Lord, it might reach people, that they might know your heart. We thank you and we give you praise and we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. You. you hear me now? Oh, you're back. Yeah. Yes, you're back. <laughs> you know, uh, Stuart had trouble with his show last night. Looks like we're not immune to technical difficulties. <laughs> blog talk. Blog talk radio, I think. So. Yes, I so. All righty. Well, well, Pam's prayed, so we we started. We started without you. <laughs> I didn't know what else. That's to do. perfectly fine. I, I'm just okay. here to listen. How's that? <laughs> we did have Take a day. Take it away, well. girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the show tonight is about. Um, I believe it's about what the Lord has done for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we've learned and, and been able to use these things, maybe, and to reach other people. Is, is that right, Dorothy? Yes, that's correct. All right. Hmm. Well, do you want to start, Pam? Or you want well, to I can start? do. Start. Okay. I- well, basically, um, it's it's basically about our testimonies that what okay. we're sharing we've all we've already been through, and that's why we're we're sharing what we are doing um, to, uh, to to reach out to other people and to give them hope and to give them strength because we've been there and we've been through it and we've come through yeah. to the other side. Oh, yes. Um, uh, I think the Lord will... I mean, I, I've never known a time in my life when I haven't believed in God. But mm-hmm. it wasn't until I were in my 30s and my marriage was going downhill uh, um, that really um, it began to really move in my life, even though I'd seen many, many answers to prayers all through my life. But I hadn't reached the stage of of knowing him in a personal manner, as I do now. And he'd been working on me for some years, drawing me to him. But it was when my marriage was going going to pieces, and I'd reached the stage where I just didn't want to live. And um, I'd con- contemplated suicide. And... Uh, I cried out to the Lord and I'd said, I just don't want to be here anymore. And he showed me that if I went ahead in the state I was in, I couldn't be with him. And I'll never forget that because I was 33 years old at the time. And I'm 68 now, so (laughs) it's a long time back. It's a long time. But um, he said... He showed me 
um, what state I was in or why I couldn't be with him. If I died then, I couldn't be in heaven with him. And uh, I cried. I sobbed my heart out. And I said, but Lord, I don't want to be here, but I, I want to be where you are. And he made it absolutely. And I mean, I'd never been to church and, and heard the gospel or anything like that. I just believed in him, and that was it. I'd only got the basics from Sunday school when I were a, a little one, and, and then, you know, religious lessons at school. But he worked personally with me. And um, mm-hmm. that particular night, as I cried, I sobbed. You know, the sort of racking sobs where you, your whole body shakes. And I, I, I said, I can't change my life and I can't go back and put things right. And I asked for his help and I asked him to change me. And I remember uh, throwing myself on bed, across the bed. And uh, I just felt this, it's like somebody had screwed the top of my head. And I just felt this like, oh, it's like warm honey. And it poured into my head. And it filled me right down to my toes, right down to my finger ends, right up to the top of my head. And I felt absolute peace. And the um, sobbing stopped to the stage where it was just, or I think Bill Cosby puts it best, you know, sup supping. But I knew he'd answered. I knew he'd heard me and I knew he'd answered. I hadn't a clue what had happened. I hadn't a clue. And I knew he'd, I knew he'd heard and I knew he'd answered. And it was some time after that and he started drawing me. And he had to go to church and I didn't know where and I didn't know when. And I told him, I don't care what, what label it's got over the door. I'll go, Lord, as long as it's got the truth in there. I won't go to anywhere where it hasn't got the truth. And eventually he opened the door, which really is funny. He opened the door through leading me to an old friend. And mm-hmm. I weren't sure where she lived. And the Lord led me to the door. I didn't even know num- what number were on this door, but I just I just went to this one door. And she opened the door. And I don't know, a most shot me around. We hadn't seen e- in each other in, in years. And... Um, <laughs> I knew that they'd started going to church because everyone, because they were in the army at the time and everyone back on camp had scoffed them because it'd start, they'd gone all religious and I said, well, bully for them and I think it could do, you lot could do me a dose of it as well and nobody ever argued in front of me about it again after that. So, of course, I, she didn't know I knew and I'd gone in, and uh, and a friend were in there, Diana, and she was she was <laughs> Diana, I mean, she was full full of the spirit. She, you know, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And my friend didn't know where to put her face. She she thought, oh dear, oh dear. And I just sat there smiling. But it was I told her afterwards. I said, it's hard. She says, well, we go to church. And I says, well, I know all about that. I said, don't worry about it, because I prayed for them before they went to um, Iran in the 70s, because they were in Iran when the Shah got deposed. And Mm -hmm. I prayed for the safety before they went. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I explained what had happened to me, and she explained through scripture what had happened to me. So that's mm-hmm. how I knew about being born again. But nobody told me about it beforehand, so I wasn't brainwashed. Mm-hmm. And from the marriage breaking up um, to the to the uh, divorce, which I thought was normal the way it went on, apparently it was a very nasty one. And then the custody of their kids, losing our home, losing my dad, and then the kids getting beaten up, then having to move again. And um, oh, it just went on and on and on. And uh, the Lord saw me through it. And round about the time when the uh, pit strikes were on in Britain, um, when Margaret Thatcher started shutting down the pit, pits here, um, we were in a house that was very damp, very cold, and with no coal, with no money. Um, in fact, the kids would pick up coal as they were walking the streets and bring it home in the pockets so we could have a fire. We would burn anything, cardboard, books, papers, old shoes, anything just to keep warm. But we, during that dark time, even though it was bitterly, bitterly cold, we saw miracles. And as the kids grew up, we saw miracles. Uh, The promise that God gave me right at the beginning, that he would provide for us, as a family. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can't provide mm-hmm. if you don't have a need. And the kids look back on them times and they remember the, the the miracles. I mean, I could tell story after story after story. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know if Paul's listening in tonight. He said he was going to do. But, um, you know, times where money's a from nowhere on 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 a um, a branch of a tree, a bush rather, when we've had no money for food and Paul's come running in, Mum, look where I found and it was it was cash. You have a money tree. And, well, I, we thought we had that day, <laughs> and he, he come running in. We'd gotten we'd got nothing in cupboard, and he come running in. Of course, I dried the money out on the radiator and then ironed it and went across to the shop and that provided our meal for that day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another time where we had no call, and I prayed and I cried and prayed, and and then uh, a brother from local fellowship called, and he patted me on back and he says, "God will provide." And after I says, "I know he will," and he went. And I said, and I, I dropped to my knees and I I'd cried and I just said, "Lord, I know he means well, but that is not keeping my kids warm." And that night, Peter went back up home and he's there praying up and down his house Lord you've seen what state they're in uh, Pam and them kids you know they need help they need your help and the Lord stopped him dead he says you've got call in your call place you provide and he just stopped dead and he says okay and he called the pastor who was always in bed for nine o'clock and the pastor went up and they filled some bags and they brought them down to our house and for the first time in weeks, we had a fire. And we all just sat up sofa in front of the fire and just looked at it. You know, it, it was hysterical, really. 
But I've story after story after story like that. It's when it's the hardest, it's when it's the darkest yeah. that he can show you what he can do. And I know, like, I think you said it, Dorothy, last week, where you fell asleep holding God's hands. And so did I. And it's real. It literally is real. Mm-hmm. I I was I just couldn't couldn't sleep because I was so I was just sobbing. And he held he held my hand overnight. He sat on the bed, he held my hand overnight till I fell asleep. Time and time again he's done that. It's real. You know, yeah I think I think it's been described as you can't see the Holy Spirit, but you can see the results. You can't see the wind, but you can see the results. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean to say it isn't real. In fact, there are things that we can't see that are more real than what we can see. Yes. But it's only yes. until you experience them that they become a reality to you. And this is what we've done. We've gone through things and we've experienced a real living, loving ever present ever merciful God and this is what we're sharing that is only a portion a tiny portion of my testimony just a tiny portion oh yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful, the Lord he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. Um, Astrid on like that. the Bible tells us. Yes. And and and, uh, and you know, I, oh gosh, I wasn't going to, I really wasn't going to tell this story, but I might as well now because um, I started going to church when I was a little girl. I was raised in a very dysfunctional family. Um, my parents didn't go to church. But I decided, I think God reached down to me, and, and I started going to church, and I, uh, am I allowed to talk about this on, on your show, Dorothy? Why not? Well, if it's your experience. Oh, gosh, it's so horrible, though, you know, but, all right. So I started going to church, and, and I accepted Christ as my Savior, and I just loved the Lord. I just loved the Lord. And I served God as a kid. I was 9 and 10 and 11, 12, 13, and I was serving the Lord. And about the time I turned 14, my dad started um, sexually abusing me, and he told me that it was okay because people in the Bible, that, that God allowed people in the Bible to do this with their daughters. So God didn't look down on it. And because I hated it so much, I started to hate the Lord. So I rebelled. And I went for years and years and years that I was so angry that this had happened and that God had allowed it. Um, and throughout all that time that I was angry and reaching out for other 
solutions to to try to cope with what I was coping with. Um, you know, I I um, everyone you know, the Lord was I, I believe the Lord was still there. He was still there and he was still protecting me and, and it wasn't until I got up into my early thirties that I started thinking about the Lord again, really thinking about the Lord again, and started searching for him again. And that's, coincidentally, the time I met my husband I'm married to now. And I had gone through the broken marriage. I went through, um, you know, of course, I grew up and married someone that was abusive to me because that's what I knew. And I'd gone through all those things. And then I met my husband, and we started going to church, and we started to see each other and date and do things the right way, the godly way. And we eventually got married, and and we started coming back to the Lord. And um, just to make this very long story a little shorter, I'll just say that as I started coming closer to God, I did realize that the Lord had never left me. He never left me. Amen. Through all of that, he was right there with me. You know, it could have been so much worse than it actually was in my life. And um, I'm going to cry. Um, he just never, he was always there. He sustained me. I think that's the best way to, that I could put it, is yeah. he sustained me through it. And he... Um, He's just been so merciful to me and so loving to me, and he's helped me so much. And I know that I, I might have trust issues or or things that, you know, but I'm, I know the Lord loves me and, and took me through it. And I didn't die, and I didn't kill myself, and I didn't... Um, I didn't go through some of the things that other people go through. And I just believe it was all from God. I just believe it was because God was with me. So I'm so thankful to him. I'm I'm so thankful to the Lord because he never stops blessing me. To this day, he's never stopped blessing me. And I've gone through some really hard times in my life. And he's never, ever left me one time. One time, I got skin cancer. I grew up in California, and I, um, you know, I have dark hair, but I had blue eyes and fair skin, and I used to go to the beach all the time and get sunburns and and all that. So now as I get older, I'm paying the price, and and I I got a, a skin cancer on my nose. It was my first skin cancer. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just um, a blemish, and it wouldn't go away. And it, I, you know, I left it on there too long before I went to see a doctor about it. Is what happened. And when by the time I went in there, it was so bad, they had to call in a a plastic surgeon to remove this for me. So. Okay, this is going to sound really horrible, but I want you to know you wouldn't be able to tell it by looking at me right now, even without makeup on. You would not be able to tell this. I had gone through this. 
this plastic surgeon took off half my nose. He took cartilage out of my ears. He had to cut me from my nose down past my mouth and pull skin up off of my face, and he made a knob. He pulled some up over the nose, of course, to try to remake a nostril, and then he left a knob of flesh there that he could go back in and use later to to further that along, um, you know, the forming of of some of an of the nostril, so it would look prettier. And in the in that, by the time I went through that first surgery, that was a five hour surgery. I was supposed to go back in three weeks for him to do the second surgery. And in that time, that that it died. That skin just died. It all died. It was black. And, and uh, you know, I went to see him, and he said, well, no, you know, your skin is dead. It, it's died. Um, we're going to have to take this off, and we're going to have to now cut your forehead and bring down some skin from your forehead and try it that way. And I was just, I was just, you know, you cut on a woman's face, they really don't like it. And I was just going through all these emotions, and and, uh, I had a lot of people praying for me, and my church was praying for me, and I have a lot of relatives that go to churches, and they were praying for me. There was a lot of prayers going up for me, and I woke up one morning, and I walked in. It was the week I was supposed to go back in on that Friday and and have that taken off and restart it. And I woke up, and there was this this little pin of kink in the middle of all of that black. And I just thought, well, hmm. So I, I didn't think too much of it, but the next day I woke up and it was a lot bigger. And by the third day, when I got up, it would always happen overnight. It was so so funny. I would wake up in the morning and I'd run in to look and it would be even more. And so I called my doctor up and I told him, my nose is starting to turn pink again. And he said, no, it it can't do that. It it won't do that. (laughs) You have to come in and um, we we have to take this off. And you know what? You have to come in tomorrow um, to get your lab work, my lab work done so I could go in for the next surgery. And I I said, well, all right. And I was a little bummed out about that, but I went ahead and I went in to see him the next day. And this doctor, <laughs> this doctor, he, he took a look at me and he just sat down on that stool. I remember he just plopped down on the stool and he said, I don't know what to say. This this doesn't happen. This and I said, well, this is from the Lord. I've had a lot of prayers. I started telling him this is from God, and he said, well, it's a miracle. It is a miracle, and I said, well, it's from my. It's from God. It's from God. My God is healing this. And you know, I didn't have to have that other surgery. I mean, I had to have other surgeries done to correct, you know, to to make a nose for me again, but. I didn't have to go and have my forehead cut and all of that. And, oh, gosh, you know, the Lord was just with me through that whole time period. And I'm not trying to take up all the time, but I said one more thing. 
when I did go back in for my next surgery, I it was at a hospital again, and it was to go in so he could take that mob of flesh and use it to form my nostril and my nose and make it look pretty. And and then I went in, and my husband sent, sent me that time with my mom. My mom took me to the hospital, and my husband was at work. I really missed him that day. And I was scared, and I just had been through so much. It just seems like I'd been through so much, and I was a little nervous. And they wheeled me to outside the operating room, and they left me in the hall. In the hall, and I had not cried through any of this. I had never cried, and I was laying outside in that in that gurney, and I started to cry. I just started to cry. I felt so overwhelmed. I started to cry, and all of a sudden, this woman walks. Around the corner, she doesn't. She didn't have um. She didn't have on any, you know, white. She didn't have on doctor uniform or anything. It was just street clothes. And she came right up to me and she said, "Why are you crying? Are you letting the enemy enter into your thoughts?" That's what this woman said to me. I think she was my angel. And I said, I said, I think I am. And she said, "Well, I think you are too. You just." stop and just pray and she walked away and to this day I think the Lord sent her there to give me comfort and so I started to pray and and I quit crying and my my surgery went fantastic um, and and so I think out of all of that I think that the Lord you know, I was able to show the Lord, or I wasn't able to show the Lord, but the Lord showed himself through me to this doctor and and to his nurse um, and to the other people that were involved involved with that cancer with me. And mm-hmm. I, I just praise God. I just praise God. Amen. He's always there. He's always there Amen. at our darkest. He's, he's right there for us. So. Amen. That's awesome. You know, Lonnie, you know, people, who, what did you say, Dorothy? You know, you bring up an important point, too, when you were telling us about your childhood traumas. Mm-hmm. Is it God didn't send someone with a golden chariot to take you out of the situation? No, he didn't. He but didn't. he worked with and, you, you know, through it. Well, he he got me through it. He did get me through yes. it. And um, you know, you, know you, you have to understand, I was a young girl, and I was I had an immature mind and and a new walk with God because you know, and I just couldn't handle the thought that God would want someone to abuse me like that that hurt me very deeply you know I love my my parents I love my dad so that that really hurt me um in a lot of ways but I just feel God was there and kept me from hurting myself out of it um and you know now that that what your father said was a lie and yeah, I realized that what my father said was a lie. But as a as a child, mm-hmm. we don't always 
pick up on those things, especially when we're, you know, we think as a child when we're a child. You think you're a child when you're a child, right. When I got older, I knew that that had been a lie. I knew what he was doing. But um, when I was was that age, it just confused me. Wow. And our Roz is here. Just a couple. Hi, Roz. Hi. I'm sorry I'm late. Hi, Pam. I'm sorry I'm late. I really do apologize. I actually took a nap after work. (laughs) And um, I'm glad I'm not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, I, well, it's like I had two appointments I had to go to. I had to work early for them, so Uh they just really tired me out. They were just like, you know, a woman's yearly thing. Um, So it's just, it just tired me out, and I just had to, I had to take a nap, and I didn't realize I overslept. And I woke up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, i got to go to the bathroom. i got to call the party. <laughs> but, you know, you, you two are, are, are um, just amazing women of God, and, and um, it's interesting how the enemy attacks Attacks early, you know, at this, at this you know, at, especially when we're little, um, mm. you know, because apparently he may he may know something, and you know he tries to destroy us there and, and turn us from God. And it just seems like, you know, God. I think He sees who who we are inside. Um, oh, amen. Yeah. So He knows that even like with Job, you know, He knew that that he would never turn, but he just let the enemy do what he was doing anyway, not that, you know, he liked seeing it or that he wasn't there or anything like that. It's just, you know, I think all of us probably at some point could have turned away and just dropped your hands of it, mm. you know, and just yeah. fed into whatever the, 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 and fed into whatever we were going through and just walked that way and stayed in that direction but it was like something inside you know you you just kind of know that you belong to him I mean everybody mm-hmm. belongs to him but I guess some people maybe can feel it more than, than others mm-hmm. you know it's funny you should thing... say that growing up uh, I've always said to folks growing up and they used to think I was crazy and that I used to wonder myself, but I used to say, I'm not of this earth. I don't belong here. And that's from being small. But also from being small, it were like, if there were a bully on the street, they always used to aim for me, <laughs> you know. So no matter whether I was on the street or at school or even when I left school, I was guaranteed to get beaten up. So that that's that's... That is what I've often wondered about, you know. But uh, the enemy knows and tries to put you down before you can get up. Yes, yes, I agree. Well, he did that to Jesus when you think about it, and to Moses yes. when you think about it. Yes. I'm not saying we're on the same level, if you know what I mean. But the right. the fact that the enemy goes against God's God's kinfolk, if you like. <laughs> um, 
is is people, and it it does it in in many ways. And I mean, we've seen a lot of it today, where um, people are, are are being damaged just to um, to try and separate them, to break the spirit. And then you know what? You see other people and you think, wow, their life seems so perfect. Mm. And, I and do that too. <laughs> some ways, I mean, maybe it is, but, you know, it's like they think that they'll just go for the ride and never call upon him at all. You know, and just kind of, it's like, I, I, I just, I don't know. But I know I thought to myself, wow, you know, like, why couldn't I have that? I think they all have it sometime. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say that. I think so, too. Yeah. I know I have. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why the story of Job um, is such a blessing. Um, I mean, the bit that always gets me... <laughs> is where it starts off, where you get the picture behind it all, is where um, Satan's walking and he goes into the, the, the council of God and, uh, and he's at the council rooms and God says, where you been? And he's all walking to and fro. And God starts boasting about Job. And Satan says, ah, you've got an edge behind, around him. Of course he's going to worship you. He says, all right, then I'll remove that edge. But he, he limited him because he was so confident in Job. He limited him. And when I read that, and I said, you know, Lord, I hope you don't boast about me. <laughs> if that's what Job's going to gone through. I used to say that, you know, oh, don't boast about me. But um, it, I well, did find that an encouragement. What also, what impressed me in, in the book of Job is how fast his friends were to condemn him. I mean, yeah. obviously in their own yeah. heads they thought they were being helpful, but really, you know? But don't we get that in church? Yeah. See? And I'll be honest, I mean, I've been on the same, I've been on the same line as anybody else mm-hmm. because it's the first thing you think of, isn't it? It's the yeah. first thing you think of, and you, because we're not looking behind at the bigger picture, mm-hmm. we're not saying, "Lord, what's happening here?" Having our eyes open, we were lucky when we read when we read Job. I mean, Job didn't know until God pulled him up. But we've got it written down for us, for our instruction, for our admonition, and for our yeah. encouragement. We mm-hmm. we get the picture behind it. You see, a lot of people say to me, why does God do this? And a lot of people don't realise that we live in a a cruel world. We live in a world that that, that Satan runs. And he's only got a limited time. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. But all evil comes from him. But then, Mm -hmm. you know... God says, come to me. 
And if people don't want him, well, they're opening themselves up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you serve, you know, you serve one or other. And if you reject God, well, then Satan's your master because he's the God of this world. And he takes no prisoners. Not even them will worship him. He takes no... When he's finished with them, he'll wipe them out. He'll not show no mercy to them. Not now or in afterlife. There'll be no promise of rewards in afterlife. No matter what... Because he's a liar. And who can trust a liar? They think that they're going to be well looked after by him. But they're not. They'll wipe them out. And then he's got eternity to, to, to torment them. And I think they're so deceived. It's sad. It is sad. It is very sad. It's very sad. God created hell for Satan and his demons. He never, ever created it for man. But man chooses to go there. But they're being deceived themselves. Yeah. So do they really, really want to go there? Because, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It really... (sighs) Because if they say, oh, well, it doesn't exist, you see. No, that rubbish, it doesn't exist. It's all rubbish. Because it makes it easier for them. It's like Jesus said. They don't want the truth because... don't, they don't like the truth. That's why they won't come to the truth. How can you not like the truth? I mean, that's... that's. Uh, I can't... It's you know, pride, I'm isn't it? It's pride. Right. You've got to make that all in Yeah. Is that what you said? It's pride. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why Satan fell. Yes. Him. That's exactly yeah. what Satan fell, through pride. Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't is imagine that what a life not loving people? I can't imagine a, a life. It, it, you're right. You know what? You're right. It is pride. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine. I mean, you know, I went through a lot of abuse with my dad when I was a kid. I mean, he starved my brother and I. I mean, he locked us in closets. and the, I mean, we were just little kids. And, oh. I was just a mess, and but I knew in my something, something, something in the center of me knew this isn't like what life's all about, and you know. And uh, then the abuse started with my mom when I moved there with her, and then. But God just, was always with you, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, but I knew he was there. I looked back on my as a child, and God was with me. Hmm. I might have not have been able to tell you that in those words, but he was. Yeah, he was yeah, yeah. He was in me, and he was with me. And I was feeling it. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, he didn't know, right? forget about me and abandon me. No, he reached down to me. And I'm very grateful. Amen. I'm very, know. very grateful. You just know. Like, I know he's... I don't know, I just have this feeling like in the center of me. I can't explain it. It's been there since I was a kid, but Uh I just always knew. 
But there was a time where I didn't I didn't want to hear about it. I didn't want to hear about uh-huh. God's word. I didn't want to, you know what I mean? You just, yeah. you go uh-huh. through that. You're just like, really? And so all these, you hear all these people saying, oh, I got this feeling when I got saved. Or, you know, God's blessing me this way. And, you know, $500 shows up in my mailbox. And I don't know who tells me. It's like, are you serious? And then I'm like, what's this feeling everybody's? feeling because I don't feel it <laughs> you know and it's just like all these pre- now that's when like all the preachers were like on TV like constantly all the time you know you'd wake up and hey you sow this seed and you'll get blah blah etc for the rest of your <laughs> life you know <laughs> rubbish <laughs> but it's, it, and even then I was just like what are these people talking about but I always just I I I wasn't always walking that way. But I I I always I always knew I loved him and I wanted. I think maybe you know you just got to grow up and you know kind of catch up with that after a while and. Mm, it's just our flesh. I think sometimes we just want to walk in the flesh. It just that's how it was with me. Now I think. Oh, yeah. Wanted to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was mad at God for a long time, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't do that anymore. I, I, well, I pray I don't now that I said that because uh, Satan, I know, is probably watching us. But I try very hard to stay close with the Lord. He, he's always. I'm not saying I'm not a sinner. Don't please don't take me wrong, um, but I'm just so thankful that someone loved me that much. Are you talking about your husband, or no? I'm talking about God oh. because oh, okay. I really right. don't deserve. I really <laughs> don't. My husband. I'm thankful Sorry. for his love too, but but uh, no, God. God is. It's been very loyal and merciful towards me, and, and uh, I think I think after Patrick died, I think um, I think that's when I started actually identifying when the flesh wants to go one way and you want to go another. Uh huh. And I think that. Um, I, I, I'm I'm understanding that term a lot more now, I think, than I ever have in my entire life. The term of backsliding? Is that what you're talking about? or Just when your flesh wants to do something, but mm-hmm. you know it's wrong, and, uh-huh. and you mm-hmm. just... You, but you, you might linger on it yeah. for a little bit. Uh-huh. But I think you have to mature... Um, I think mm-hmm. you have to mature in order to. I don't want to say control. Well, I don't want to say control because that's such a. Um, you just know that that you can take a stand and say, you know what, flesh, you know, I'm totally ignoring you. You're on mute because I I, I don't want to listen to what you have to say. In other words. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're in your 20s or something like that, you don't understand that. You just kind of think it's like everyday life. You know, you gotta 
like you're just going in that direction. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm understanding yes, yeah. you're the separation of the flesh and the spirit now. That, that's what yeah. I'm yes. yes. It's maturity. It's yes. all about maturity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of growing up, funny. you've got to go through your, your, your teen years. <laughs> and you've gone through it so many, well, I'm older, so you've gone through mm. that so many times. Sometimes you recognize if I this, if I do mm. something once, I might let it go. If I if I think, I'm not saying if I do something, if I think something once, I might let it go. But if I think about it twice, um. I, I start to pray. I try to start to pray nowadays because in the past, if I kept dwelling on something, I might eventually sin. And so it might lead me into sin. So I don't. I try not to do that any longer. Now, one of the books uh, I read uh, that's, that's helped me a lot was uh, by, uh, written by Hannah Haddad. And it was called uh, Mountain of Spices and Hind's Feet in High Places. Well, the Hind's Feet in High Places is is the first one. And then the follow-up is Mountain of Spices. And it's where um, it's written uh, about a, a Christian's walk, basically. Um, and all the, all the, the, the flesh... You know, um, bites, um, oh, envy, and all that uh, are like relatives, and and she's dealing with the relatives. And uh, one day she's walking, she's at she's she's outside, and the shepherd walks past and says, "Come and join me." Her name's much afraid, and the shepherd says, "Come and join me," but as a name as a name says, she held back. And then she decided to follow him. And all her relatives, um, you know, were trying to drag her back. But she walked on with the shepherd. And as she's walking along and uh, is taking her down a particular route, it describes what's happening. And it describes what happens in us. Um, in, in a storybook way, and it's really very good. I'd recommend it to everybody. Oh, it sounds like um, something I'd want to read. Oh, it's fantastic. You can get it into uh, as one book now, and I think I, I think I got that one from Amazon. Okay. So it's Hannah Hernard. That's H U R N A R D. Uh-huh. And it's uh, Hind's feet in high places. You know the scripture that says, "I will make thee to walk uh, like Hind's feet." And uh, the mountains of spices when she's reached the summit and looking down and says, I want my relatives up here. And she goes back down. And one of the, one of the areas on a, on a journey up was called, there was there were sea, sea of Loneliness. And the other one was the, um, where she was going up the mountain. She went through a forest. And there were um, it were foggy and there were there were you know like thunder and lightning and that and she had two companions and one one was called oh sorrow and suffering and they walked with her 
and she was outside one day because they found this hut. She had to listen to them and said, no, we've got to rest here overnight. And uh, she was outside the hut and she was picking up pebbles and as she was picking up pebbles, she was remembering all the blessings. And I, I remembered that once and uh, I went to the course and I bought a bag and I bought some pebbles and I put them all in, in, in this velvet bag. And I gave them to my friend who was going through a hard time. Who'd also read this book. She recommended, recommended it to me. But uh, when she'd gone through this forest of tribulation, that was it. And when she'd gone through the forest and she started going up the mountain, she was really weary. And um, the Lord showed her and moved the fog to one side that the sun was still shining of the fog the shepherd showed her that and I've all, I always remember that that when I'm going through some trouble to count my blessings and that no matter how whether I can't see or not the sun is still ruling above it all very, very good book. Very good book. What was the name of the book? I just found it. Pam? Yes. What was the name of I'm sorry. What was the name of the book? Pine Speak in High Places. Okay. Um, this, if you can get them both together, because the second one is Mountains of Spices. Mountains of what? Spices. Spices. Okay. Or spice. I mean, it's scriptural, both scriptural, if you think about it. They're in uh, uh, Song of Solomon, which is another book. Um, I got that by watching me. And there's a tale on its own. <laughs> um, I'd been asking the Lord and saying, I don't understand this book at all. What does it mean, you know, about these teeth and the sheep of Gilead and this nose? And um, the Lord told me to go and and get Watchman Nee's book on the Song of Solomon. And that's catch the bus into town to um, the Christian bookshop and uh, I took ill on the bus on the way down and I started getting a migraine and by the time I got to the shop I I literally couldn't think and I could only just see and I'm walking around the shop and the assistant said what do you want and I said I know what I want but I can't remember the title and I was determined not to leave that shop because I knew I were being attacked and the answer that I've been looking for would be in that book. So she says, well, can you give me an idea? I says, I remember the nose. Well, <laughs> I mean, could you imagine a book about a nose? I says, I remember a nose and I remember some teeth. And she was racking her brains. What book about nose and teeth, you know? And um, 
it's a song, it's a song. And she says, do you want music? And I said, no, it's a book. <laughs> <laughs> but this migraine was really bad. And somehow or another, we managed to work it out. It was Song of Solomon by Watchman Nee. Song of Songs by Watchman Nee. Oh, wow. When I got home with that, that headache left as soon as I left that shop with that book. The headache went. And when I got home and I looked it up, because it was the nose one that I've forgotten. I haven't got it to hand, so I can't read it out to you. And because um, I, I kept getting the same portion about the nose all the time and I didn't understand what the Lord was trying to say. And they were talking about discernment, that I'd got discernment. But I, it spoke to me a lot through that book, a lot, um, and blessed me. And, and, and it's a lovely book because it <laughs> shows how he loves us. That's his love story to us, his love speech to us as the bridegroom. Beautiful book. But the, 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 some of the some of the sayings in it don't make sense to us as Westerners, which would make sense to a Middle Eastern person. So uh-huh. when when Watchman Nee did that book and he wrote out what it were, what it were meaning it made it that much more special. And uh, one of them was where the east wind were blowing upon his garden. And I had a dream. And in this dream, I was given a house. And at the back of this house, because I love gardening, and at the back of this house, there were like two enclosed gardens. And one was a herb garden and one was a flower garden. And it were all walled in at the back. And I loved this house. So when I read it about in Watchman these books and in Song of Solomon, I were understanding then what the Lord was saying to me of what I was going through. And, and an Easter wind is a dry wind. It's a hot wind. It's one that brings, oh, I don't know, a, a dry period into your life. But when it blows, as you come through that, it's like the perfume of, of your maturing and your responses to him are, are, are a, a sweet fragrance to him. And it really blessed me. It really blessed me. Amen. I really love this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think we have an idea. It's I have not seen or hear what's the saying now? Have you got the the Bible quotes up, um, Ronnie? So I have not seen nor ear heard what the Lord has got in store for us. We can't imagine it, put it that way. As a paraphrase, you cannot imagine what he's got in store for us. It's beyond our imagination. 
and I think sometimes we just have to stare at him when he's got his arms spread out on that cross and say, how much does he love you? And he put his arms up, spread them out, and he said, this much. I just know he loves us. He really does. Yeah. And and this the just the, the, uh, the uh, you know I read an yeah. article. Why well, I, I saw this post today that a 15 year old took her life, and I don't know why, but it's just. And I was reading last night, you know, um, about being grateful and thankful in Psalms last night, and mm-hmm. and how much he just loves. How much God just loves, he just loves us so much. And just, I just don't understand. I don't understand how they're, it's just sad. That's all I have to say. I think it's like what we were talking about last week, Roz. It's like a disconnect, a broken connection. And, And you can't hear him. When the connection is broken, even though he could be shouting, you know, you just can't hear him. And so you fall into despair. And I think that's what happens. I think that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes as well when people have have cried out, they've not seen his, his, uh, his uh, answers. They've not understood studying the way he's answered. Uh, one one story. I, I mean, I got shown one once, um, where uh, a drowning man uh, drowned and died. And he went and 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 he stood before God and he says, "Why did you send me help when I asked you?" He says, "But I did." I did. And you refused it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I understood. Yeah, but you refused it. He said, I sent you a boat, and, and you refused it. So I sent you somebody else, and you refused that. He said, yeah, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting for God to answer my prayer. I don't need your help. I'm waiting for God. We have a screwy, we have a screwy way of seeing things, I think, and expecting him things. We're limiting. Yes, yes. We're limiting. limiting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to think outside yeah. the box. Yeah. I think or that's what, when he showed me that about lengthen your, extend your tent pegs, lengthen your tent pegs, it, that's what he, what he explained that meant to me. We we limit him, we put, put him in a box, and we should extend his tent pegs. We should extend it and open up to impossibles. Because we've done no, nothing, no one thing. Nothing is impossible. And the, I think the more you learn about the supernatural and all this um, uh, dimensional business, these different dimensions, I think the more that brings it home, how nothing's impossible within. No. But we no, limit no. it by having a, a narrow tunnel vision. Uh, 
I think sometimes when I don't know what God wants or I'm praying about a situation, I I know there's been so many times I've just told the Lord, oh, I'm not even embarrassed to say this on the radio, but I just told the Lord, make this so abundantly clear to me what you want me to do because I don't see it. I'm mm. I'm not I'm not getting it. I I don't want to say I'm stupid, but I I'm not I'm not understanding. And, uh, and the Lord will. He He's very faithful. Oh yes. So. Um, and then I of course you know there's some things you don't understand till you come out of them. Yeah. I always ask him to confirm it in, in the mouths of two or three witnesses as well. You ask what? I ask him to confirm it in the mouths of two or three witnesses as well. Yes, yes. I ask for confirmation a lot too. Yes. Yeah. Uh-oh. I always think of him as this... He's, he has this huge frying pan he just needs to hit me over the head with sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not. Cast iron or cast iron rods or not? Yeah, I always think of, I always, yeah, right. I always think of it as an iron pan, just like a heavenly, it's like, all right, Father, just, you know me because you have to hit me over the head with this huge frying pan in order for me to get it. Yes. So I'm, I, I know we have free will, so I'm I'm free willingly say just hit me over the head. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. I think I'm a nut. Oh goodness sake! Here comes Kristen again. <laughs> oh no! Says <laughs> one here with square back to the end. <laughs> You just learned to ask for wisdom instead. <laughs> well, well, I know I what I've found over the years. I'll go ahead. That's all right. I was just going to say what I have found through the years that I have difficulty hearing him when I am emotionally upset about a situation. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like it blocks my spiritual ears or something because the emotions just get so big. So I usually have to hear, you know, through other people. People, what he's yeah, trying to exactly. through. Yeah. yeah. That is a that is a blocker, isn't it? Yeah. I think the other one is when he wants to give you something and you don't know how to receive it. I think that is hard. Now, let me ask you a question. Does it... Now, now could that be because of the trials you've gone through, your life, that you, you almost... You're like, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, that's it. When something something that he blesses us with comes our way, we're like, okay, now what's the catch? Almost not to yeah. say that not not to say that mean towards father or anything. That's not the 
that's not it. I'm just saying you're almost like, okay, well, what's the catch to this? Because I've gone through all this. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or who me? Is that for me? (laughs) I know. Can I really ask that? I think we get... I think we get stuck in that fight-or-flight response when we're in the middle of so much warfare, spiritual warfare. We're just yeah. on guard all the time. So. Yeah. There have been times when I've been under such spiritual attack when the, the enemy tries one more thing and I just have to turn around and say, seriously, are you kidding me? And I have to laugh because it's just so much nonsense, you know? I just really... Mm-hmm. But that comes yeah. after years of dealing with it and, you know, yeah. knowing who's really the boss. Yeah. I find I find praying in, uh, praying in tongues or putting praise music on soon shuts that one up. Yes, yes. But, but I tell you what, they, can't, they cannot stay in the same that. place as praise. They can't. They just go. Yep. Just say, I'm not having that. I'm not putting up with that. Yeah. I don't mean to say that you don't you don't get more attacks. But we are in a battle. Yeah. But just Yeah. Into praise or, or into uh, you know the gift of tongues, I mean I'm I'm still I mean after all these years I'm still unsure of mine but I think, oh, what the heck, you know, you know, Lord. And I reckon then the enemy thinks when, when you're getting into tongues, he, he thinks, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I don't understand what they're saying, but I know I'm in trouble. You know, because he can't decipher it. Because that's the language from between you and the Lord only. And only the Lord understands. Like a, a, a mother understands a baby when a baby's talking baby talk. Uh-huh. I, I once explained uh, tongues, as the Lord showed me, was like the, um, oh, you know, the cords that used to be sent, like, during war from from here to Germany and back, you know. It's a cord, it's a cord that only God understands, and and the enemy can't understand a word of it. But I like I say, he knows he's in trouble. I haven't acquired that yet. Mm. I've got the well, servant, but... It. Yeah. I asked I asked for it. It sounded like Chinese when I first started. Because he said, if you ask, he'll give it. And it's one of... You're entitled to it because it's one of your... Your... your um, uh, warfare gifts. It's one of your gifts. Right. You know... No, I get and, it. I've asked him. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. Well, as my pastor said, you open your mouth and you start speaking, it don't matter if it sounds gibberish. You know, mine sounded like Chinese when I first spoke. I know I dreamt that I was doing it. Yeah. But I've asked, and it's just like, again, here's that frying pan thing coming in. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. I haven't gotten that yet. Yeah. 
there's many people that, that, yeah, that said that, uh, and even my old friend used to say it, that, uh, um, you know, um, us Christians, uh, it's a crutch. Our faith is a crutch. You know, we're weak. <laughs> I'm going to try walking this path, whether it's weak or not. Whether you're weak, I think you've got to be strong, but you can only be strong in the Lord. And he, yeah. he, he makes us strong. He's the one that gives us that strength. Yeah. He puts steel up our backbone. Makes your eyes water, but he puts steel in our backbone. <laughs> I think my, my, um, I think my strong, I, see, I sing to him, so that's, yeah. That's my second language. It seems like it's it's what I. He's. I just. Yeah. Feel so. I what? And I lost my voice. Yeah, I don't know. That got took away from me. That. When I hear people singing, you know, I just cry because I can't can't do it. And I used to be a top soprano. <laughs> I could sing with Barbara Streisand, and that's how I were, you know. It's a sing wow. for all Wow. And it's gone I now. I sing at all. Yeah, my, my, mine's gone. Um, I'm sort of down with tenors now, you know. I'm all right with Swing Low Sweet Chariot. <laughs> and that was a, that was a, a anaphylactic shock um, through a, a, an allergy. And um, that was when uh, Stephen was uh, a baby. And the doctors, I got rushed into hospital on the Monday night. The doctors didn't expect me last at night. And um, by the next morning, they, they moved me down to critical ward from um, intensive care. And I was next to the nursing station, and the doctor come in, and he says, how are you? And then he says, you know, we didn't expect you to, 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 you know, to live. I says, oh, I says, don't worry about it. I says, Lord's not done with me yet. I says, not taking, put my ticket back in box. And um, from that time on, my voice went because of the medicine that they gave me. They gave me um, uh, uh, an ailer where you had to break a capsule in it. Um, it was like a powder that you breathed in. And, of course, it ruined my voice box. And I never got it back. No. That's one thing I want back when I get back. When we get home, I want that back. Because <laughs> no. it, it don't just... It just don't... Just, don't just affect your sort of voice it affects your breathing as well you know you lose that power yeah so I just alright then if I can't do it one way I'll do it another I'm not going to be knocked down <laughs> that's right I'm too stubborn to be knocked down I'll write them I'll write songs I'll write poems <laughs> if I can't sing it I'll say it Which I don't understand rap. <laughs> hey, 
Whatever works. <laughs> Rapping grandma. <laughs> Yo, man. <laughs> That's great. There goes, hey, Dorothy, there's your new intro. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I listened to that intro and I wonder if I should make it over because I was having such a hard time breathing then. I sound so spastic to me. No, no, Dorothy, you did my intro and it, it sounded, it sounded the same. You, you, it, it sounded really good. So don't worry about that. Okay. No worries. I really like it. I do too. Yeah, I do too. <clears throat> so yeah, I guess we've all been through the the ringer. Yeah. Oh, it's life's just got a way of doing it, doesn't it? I don't know what people that don't know the Lord how they well, I guess I do know how they cope. I guess that's why there's such a big drug use in the world they today. They don't, do they? They don't mm-hmm. cope. That's the point. Yeah, that's... They just... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems... I remember so one day... Sad. Sorry. <laughs> I just remember one day my coworker was just crying and she's like, Why doesn't God hear me? Why doesn't this? Why doesn't that? And it's just like I promise you he is there. I promise you he's here with us right now. He says where two or more people are gathered together, he's in the midst. Like he is right here with you. Going through it. Mm-hmm. And I'm an emotional person. So I pick up on their their stuff and, and then I start crying and it's just like, Oh my goodness, I wish she could feel the what I feel and it's like, Father, give it to her, show her mm-hmm. you know, that you're there, that she's not alone and, and um you know, just it's if you feel it, it's running all through you, you know. Even though I went through what I went through, I know darn well he I know darn well he was there and, and um and, and and I still felt his love. It's just like Dorothy said, your emotions just get in the way. But mm-hmm. when someone's sobbing like that and they're pouring their heart out, and you know, you just like just want to, Father, show up and show out. Show her, you know, and it's just, you know, just, just to show her. Because even though I went through what I went through as a kid, all of us, you know, um, like I said, man, I, I was, we lived up on a sandwich yep. shop when I was a kid and, and, um, I was starving. I was so starving one day. Oh my gosh. And I don't know how I got out of my bedroom because he locked me in there and he wasn't home. And I went downstairs and the back door to the sandwich shop was open and I saw meat sitting there like lunch meat and I grabbed it and ran upstairs and oh my gosh, I was so hungry that day. Um, you know, he was the type of person where he would have milk with his cereal and make my brother and I eat water with ours, you know. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. But it was, and we were so skinny. We were so skinny. I mean, we had the, like, the black circles in our eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, um, it was just, I guess you so know. I get so angry at people that abuse children. 
that I don't know if I forgive him sometimes because I just, it just still makes me so angry to this day. I know that that's, God wants me to forgive people, but it's just so hard to forgive someone that's hurting a child. You know, it's, for me, it's just so hard. I couldn't imagine to my son, oh my gosh, I, I just, I love my son so much. I love his just life, and he, oh, I just couldn't imagine anybody hurting him. Mm-mm. I am constantly amazed at how many children are being abused. Mm-hmm. And I know. I know social services messes up a lot, but the fact that we even need social services is very troubling, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they, I've seen both sides of it, the good and the bad, you know? But, and they, it seems to be Wounded children everywhere. I don't know if it's just because I've been dealing with wounded children since forever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, in my 20s. No, wounded children are everywhere people. nowadays. Yeah. They're yeah. everywhere. It's, it shocks me. It does. It shocks me because I think, look at, we're living in the year 2017 and look what's going on. But maybe it's just a sign. I don't know. I just, anyone that can hold a baby, a child, is, well, well, I just, I just can't forgive them. I just can't forgive them. I keep forgiving my father and my mom. But I have a really hard time when I hear of these things that I'm hearing about. Um, you know, like the Pizza Gate and all of that. I just get so angry that um it takes you off, doesn't it? It just pisses me off royally. It just these people deserve to be locked away and just just take them out of society. But you know, it's so widespread now. It seems like it just seems well, like it's I so think you like the movie mm. and we should wall off New York City. We should wall off what New York City and put the ball in the air. You yeah. remember that movie? Pick on New York City? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, wall that? off New York City, throw them all uh-huh. in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that sounds good to me. I live on the West Coast, so that's funny. <laughs> Wasn't it well, Los Angeles that... would work on the West Coast. You know, Los Angeles is getting pretty bad. Well, Los Angeles was legalized. Well, I know you're going to say it's not legalized, but really it's kind of legalized teenage prostitution because they don't get arrested. I know that the men still will, but the the girls don't. They just leave them out on the streets. And that makes me mad, too. That's so, uh, we could do a whole show so on that because I get oh very, gosh. very upset. You could quite see my dog got me out about it too, huh, baby? Yeah. So, well, I know another way that God, God, hey, um, we're talking about testimonies and, and how God's worked in our lives and 
has he ever stopped you from doing something that may have resulted in your getting harmed physically or um, because that's happened with me before. So he talked with us in that way too. No? Like if they ever stopped us from doing something we were going to do and but like yeah, something even happened. Yeah, if it's just driving oh, down the definitely. street. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I have, yeah. most definitely, most definitely. I think I was, I was like 17. Oh my gosh, I was just so, I was so mad at my mom for something. I was like, you know what, forget this. I'm going to go and do what everybody else is doing. I'm going to go and try Coke. And mm-hmm. my one friend went out and got some and she brought it back and to her house and she looked at me and she said, you know what? She said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you become what I've become and she was the same age as I was. And um she said, Nope, nope. She's not she said, Not in my house. She said, You're not trying it here. You know, I never touch this stuff. Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> so but you know, you you're you're a teenager, you, you you're going through stuff at home and it just seems like that's the answer because you want to escape it. And she said, no, you know, I never touched the stuff. I, I could have, yeah. you know, but I didn't. But I really feel like he stepped in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the youngest, I think, I remember. But to me, that might not seem like a big deal to, like, people out there that are listening. But for me as a person, you know... I still talk to, to to this girl, and um, that's we do bring that up every once in a while. She's like, you know, I'm like, you know, I really appreciate you, you know, saying that. I mean, it's it, it is a big deal because you know everybody was doing it, right? So I never, mm-mm. no, 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 never touched it. But it was like that moment. It's like almost time just froze at that moment, and and it was just us that were talking. And um, because man, I was so upset and mad that that I just wanted to do it. And I and she said, "No, absolutely, absolutely not, no way." And I didn't know how bad she was at the time. I didn't know she was, you know, this was a day to day thing for her. And um. You know, but I thank I thank I thank him for stepping in. Who knows what would have happened? You know what I mean? Who knows? That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stopped uh, me from attacking one of my husband's girlfriends. What was that? Say? It stopped me from uh, punching one of my husband's girlfriends. Oh, rapping grandma fights. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm a mean dude. <laughs> Nobody messes with me. <laughs> no, I, I'd been asking the Lord because I, I, I just said I don't know who it is, and it were it were driving me nuts. And then my, my daughter mentioned where she worked, so I said, "Come on, kids, we're on bus," and all way down into town on bus because we lived over in Sheffield at that time all the way down into town and saying 
You're going to have told me I'm Spanish side, Lord, because I tell you, I'm not going to be responsible for my actions, but I've got to face her because I was getting tormented day and night. And uh, <laughs> there she was outside market. Oh, I was oh. through walls. And I couldn't move my arms at all. Could not move my arms. And everybody going into the market and coming out and just stood there watching, like you do, you know. And um, I confronted her. And uh, anyway, uh, I found out a few few months later, um, I mean, she ended up on the divorce papers. But I found out a few months later that she'd broke another marriage up. Only that time, the family did go down and they'd got boys. She worked on a vegetable stall and they'd got boys and the boys lifted her over the table and pushed her face into tomatoes and she got fired on the spot. Last I heard... They pushed her face in the what? They pushed her face in the tomatoes. <laughs> oh! Yeah, they just dragged her up all that counter and pushed her face into tomatoes. Oh, no. So she'd broke another... another that was fifth marriage she'd broke up. Then she moved down south. But he did. He stopped, yeah. he stopped me from, from going for her because I knew... I, I'm not scared, and I would. Um, I mean, I'm really easygoing. I'm so easygoing, I'm practically catatonic. But never, ever press that button. And one of the ways that I get pressed is when my family gets gets um, suffers for it. Or if somebody calls me a liar. <gasps> oh. You know, if if they do that and they, they, they keep saying it, keep saying it. The button's gone. I don't see anything. Yeah, but she was bound to get it sooner or later. Oh, yeah. Yes, but you'd see sure my stuff a lot. Yeah. You asking for it. Yeah, I don't understand we, that. How do, you, how do you not protect you? When you know your family's being invaded, how do you compose yourself? I mean, I, I could, but it would take a lot, just like with you. Uh-oh. Yeah, two, two angels sold me arms down. <laughs> Because he weren't giving he weren't giving any money for us, and all he kept talking about was this woman and her two kids, and I well, I couldn't believe it. Our husband weren't giving her any money and for any food or any electric or, you know, she's no power. And I says, oh, that, that's so sad. I, says, I know how she feels. I've got a husband that does exactly the same thing, and he didn't know where to put his face. And uh, I just said, Lord, I've got to meet this person. And then my daughter had a dream. Uh, not long after that, she had a dream. And she says, Mother, I've, I've had a dream about her. And I says, go on. She says, uh, well, I dreamt that they were having a row over this table. And they split up. And I says, oh, I... And uh, uh, I think it was a week or two afterwards, apparently they had a really, really big row of me going down and finding her. And uh, it was in that kitchen. 
it was in the kitchen in the flat where he was sharing uh, bed sits. Wow. Well, the lad said vengeance is mine, said the lad. I will repay, and I've had to stand on that quite a few times. Uh, I mean, I'm against him now because I've forgiven him, but that was an instance where the lad held my arms down. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've had, I mean, there were one guy <laughs> from church, he's gone on to be with the lad now, one of the brothers. Um, Chris, we ca- I called him Big Bear, he was a huge bloke, you know, every good stride, a teamster. And he used to come up and give me a cuddle, and I used to say, after he'd give me a cuddle because he was a big bloke, and he'd pray for me back now, he'd just walk it, you know, because <laughs> he'd just give me a bear hug. And he said one day, he says, Pam, he says, you know, you scare me to death. And I says, why, what have I done? He says, no. He says, but there's something about you terrifies me. And I said, well, it's funny, because the next-door neighbour's husband, who is a Geordie, and they're a rough lot up here, is also ex-army, and uh, is not somebody across. And he was scared of me as well. <laughs> and I said, I don't know what it is. I wish I could bottle it. I'd make a fortune. <laughs> But apparently it's something, and I think it's, uh, uh, oh, I don't know. I think it's what the Lord's put in, because I used to be terrified. I used to be a mouse, a wimp. Uh, but you can tell I've never even seen you, or well, I couldn't definitely couldn't have met you. But just the <laughs> way you talk, and, and I, especially the first day, I think, when we first started doing the show, I was like, you know what? Um, you just seem like you had the uh, um, almost the kindred spirit to mine. Mm-hmm. Just you, you, uh, you can hear the strength. His, you know, you can hear his strength in you. Yeah. But you know, I just uh, you just feel like you know. That's why I said, "Yup, you know what? There's another spiritual mother in the niche, or yeah. happened spiritual <laughs> mother." <laughs> <laughs> I'm a poet. <laughs> I'll have to do a poem for next time. <laughs> oh yeah, for get sure. To, get the Lord to inspire me. I, I used but, to work as a I used to work as a dinner lady, and I were always writing poems, and just as large showed me stuff. And I was walking on, I had to walk through a park to get to the school where my daughter was, with my son. And I'm walking through that, and I saw a, a, a frog that had been squashed. And by the time I got round to school, I went to the school office, and I said, quick, give me some paper and a pencil. She says, why, Pam? I says, quick, 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 I've got a poem on my hand. Six, you know, six verses, all about a, a squashed frog. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go look for like it. <laughs> uh, oh, I've no idea where he's gone. We've moved. Oh, I must have moved a dozen times since then. <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> yeah, I've got one about the rose, and that 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 one went in Christian narrowed that, and I never saw it in print. But I still got that one somewhere upstairs. 
And that was when I used to, when when before my ex left house, I used to go to church twice on a Sunday. And I would walk and it was four miles away and he wouldn't let me have car. And I says, well, I'll walk then, you know. And I would set off and walk. And then after, and it was fine going there, but coming back, we were all uphill, so it was like, you know, double the distance coming back uphill. And I would do that on a Sunday morning and then again on a Sunday night. And, and in winter, it were it were... It were hard because it was coming up hill and, and it were icy and slippy. But this particular day, it were in summer, and I'm walking back up the last hill. Um, and I stopped at this garden, because this talks a lot up and down. And uh, I stopped at this garden, and there was gorgeous roses. And, and I said, look at that, Lord, isn't that lovely? And... It was. We both smelled it. I'm. I'm not joking. We both smelled it. This lovely red rose. And before I knew it, I'd, the point. I wrote the point to remind me of that that time of walking up and down from church. Because in winter it went snow were down and it was dark. The time I got back, it's to talk about the diamonds when 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 the. When the streetlight shined on the snow, it was like looking at thousands of diamonds or walking on oh. diamonds. Absolutely, I can see it now, absolutely gorgeous. And I used to say, isn't that gorgeous, Lord? It's like we're walking on a street filled with diamonds. Little things, it was just the little things, but I talked to him all the way there and all the way back. And it it was lovely, and I'd, I'd, I'd end up writing poems about it. Well, I must find it. <laughs> I must find that one. Yeah, I'm just hey, picturing Rob, that. Rob doing, yeah, doing doing DIY with my mother when we moved my mother to another house after my dad died, and. Uh, Doing the doing the I used to write poems when I was pregnant, um, and write about what happened then, and it was a story in a poem. <laughs> That's awesome. God's good. God's good. Isn't it like really neat when you get to an age where, where you actually stop and take all that in? You, you're not so much wanting, wanting, wanting. You just, you just find gifts in other places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's because you found that no matter what you want, it don't bring you peace. It don't bring you happiness. No, absolutely not. I learned that a long time ago. Yeah. Uh-uh. Well, everybody says, well, why aren't you ever married, Pam? I says, well, because uh, I've not had the time raising kids. I've not had the time for one thing. And uh, I never met the right one. Mm-hmm. And um, now I've got to the stage where I'm not bothered because I'm quite content. Thank you very much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, one of women, when my marriage was breaking apart and uh, I were at the church, 
one at women who uh, came up to me. And I'm sure to this day she was about to tell me I'd never marry again. And the Holy Spirit stopped her mid-sentence. And that stands out in my mind. Because at that time, I would never have been able to have handled it. Never. Because I always said I'd marry again. And my ex always said he never would. Well, he did and ended up divorcing her. Because she did to him what he did to me. But, uh, and he asked my advice. He says, what do you think? And I said, she's cheating on you, mate. How do you know? I says, I know what signs, don't I? Twit. But I'm quite happy. I am. I'm quite mm-hmm. happy now. Uh, I'm not lonely, although I might mm-hmm. be alone from time to time. But I'm not lonely. And um, mm-hmm. I don't have to look anywhere. I just look up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that I don't think something happens to my husband, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to get remarried. If anything ever happened to my husband, I'm content alone, too. I, I was raised an only child till I was 11. And I spent mm. a lot of time just playing by myself, and I got very used to it. I, I, I'm very comfortable just mm. sitting with myself. So I would I like do to miss have been... the kids. The kids are grown. Yeah. I, I miss those years sometimes, but mm-hmm. other times I think, well, this is kind of nice. <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> I would like so to have like to You would have liked like what? To... I would have liked to have known what it was like to be loved. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That would have well, been nice. I know. I know what that is. Finally. Well, how's that saying go? I kissed a lot of frogs. I was married before. No one seemed to love me, but my husband loves me, so. Mm. And I have Christian friends now that love me. And that means a lot. We love you. (laughs) Yeah, you guys love me. I know Dorothy loves me. Well, I'm actually in a relationship. (laughs) Are Are you in a relationship? No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I I thought thought that's what she said. No, I said I would like to have known what it would be like to be loved in a relationship. Yeah. You know. um, Yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah. But that's the only thing I'd look at it like that. But as I said, as I am now, I'm I'm, I'm so content. Um, Why would I want to look anywhere else? The Lord fills that, that... that spot. Why would I want to look anywhere else? Oh, I think he might have been loved. It just wasn't a good love. Do you, do you know what I mean? I think my first husband, I think he loved me as well as he could love me. Mm. Um, but, you know, he he just didn't know how to love him, even himself. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so it just it wasn't what I... A strong bond that I could lean on and um, trust in, and um, like my husband now is. 
I really love my husband now. I wouldn't swap my place with anyone, though, I'll be honest with you, and I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. I'd have missed all them them blessings. I think God gave my husband to me. I do. Mm. I think he did. I didn't ask him for him, but I think he did. Mm. Do you know the funny thing is, when I met mine, that night, I heard... Very plainly, this is the man you will marry. Oh. Very plainly. Did, did you test the spirits? <laughs> well, I weren't oh. born again then. Ah. Oh. I weren't born again then. Oh. So, I mean, uh, I mean, I believed in God and I've talked to him about boyfriends. I've talked to him about everything, you know. Uh-huh. But when I've looked back, connected with him, Every prayer were answered, being connected with him. I mean, I'd always wanted to go in, in, in forces, and he joined up. I always wanted to live in Germany. We went to Germany. I always wanted to fly. We flew. I always wanted to learn how to drive. He taught me. I always wanted to be married. I always wanted to have kids. I had all that. And I think, you know, um, and it was that connection. But... It's like, you know, you you get... I mean, I, I it was the Lord that told me, cast, the man, cast, the man of, cast out the man of contention and strife shall cease. So I did what he told me. Mm-hmm. Um, I confronted him when he came home. Um, I mean, it, it had gone on for years. But I'd got to the stage where I confronted him and I said, Dad, we've got a marriage or we haven't. And off went the balloon again. And he was going to throw me out. And he kept saying to kids from um, Stephen being five years old, I'm chucking your mum out, who are you going to go and live with? And they all said, my mum. And he came home this particular night. I'd spoke to kids and I'd explained. And uh, I said, what do you want me to do? Joanna helped me pack his stuff. Paul opened the door. Stephen opened the gate. And he said, where am I going to go? I said, we don't care. We're just fed up with it all. Choosing other women and choosing other kids, not being there for us. And um, all rounds that were going off constantly and the kids were getting to the stage where they just dared me in the same room. How many angels and, did it take I'd, for, to hold you down that day? Oh, I just needed help with carrying cases, really, and putting stuff outside. And they said, where am I going to go? So that's your problem now. Right. But funnily enough mm-hmm. about the angels, that's one of the things that Paul wants to put on a recording. How we saw the angels around our house after that. He literally saw them. He says, man, we're going to have to do a recording. <laughs> he saw them, yeah, he saw them. He, he was 10 years old. And he saw him outside our house, and he saw. Look at, I was cleaning window at top of stairs, and he were downstairs, and he were looking through a letterbox, and um, he, he shouted, he says, "Man, he says, why is the two fellas at the side at door next door?" And I looked out at window, so it nobody did this, just the race, and. Uh, 
And he says, hang on a minute. He says, I can see lords walking round our house. And then it dawned on me what he was talking about. And I explained the situation. The, the two kids next door, and that be their guardian angels. Guardian angels. I says, and what you see walking round is uh, the angels encampeth around those that fear him. And he saw them walking round the house, all the way around the house. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, he, he, he asks, he, when he's out, he sends his angels out. And he, a lot, he tells them where they've got to go and what they've got to do. And he's been in some air-raising uh, situations where they've saved him from coming to harm. His lorry were never attacked. His lorry, when he were never robbed on his lorry from his lords, and yet other lorries nearby, because he used to assign his angels over <laughs> middle of Liverpool, and you don't, it's an area in Liverpool, and there's one in Manchester as well where you just don't park because you're guaranteed to get robbed. And mm-hmm. he would set his angels around, and people would cross the road round and go round near his, his wagon. <laughs> he could tell you tales like that galore. They were terrified to come near his wagon. Wow. Different times almost up, huh, Dorothy? Yes, it is. So, do we have some closing thoughts? Yes, I'm still here. I lost my browser for a minute, but I'm back. Okay. I wish I lived close so to Pam because I would love to sit there and listen to her. I could listen to her for hours. Oh, there's some MP3s. <laughs> oh, gosh. Goldie is, I mean, just. I could sit and just listen to your, your testimony just for. My goodness. I'm thinking about just as a quickie because I'm just watching time yourself. Thank you, God. It's so wonderful. I hope yeah. this just reaches people that they can hear and they can yeah. hear the testimonies and they can hear the things that God will do and how much He loves us. And you know that's that's what I hope for. Yeah. I just don't know how to make it in this world without the Lord. You can't. There, and, there's no way you can't. Oh no. no. It must be very scary. You know, it must be very terrifying, I would think, to to live in society today like this. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just so so much worse than it used to be, even. Um, and we're even closer so. to, it, to to Jesus coming back. So. Mhm. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> We're going yeah. home. We're going home. So We're going sing. home. <laughs> I never could. <laughs> so I couldn't relate with you on that one because I just cannot have the tune. But I do sing to the Lord still. And I, my husband tells me he likes it, so I do. Uh-huh. It. Most people tell me to be quiet. 
If I forgot the words, the Lord used to say, read out first song on Sunday morning, and so there you are, you've got the words now. Literally, it would be the first song up to sing on a Sunday morning. And I'd hear this, this word inside, and it's, uh, you can finish that song now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, it's good. Thank you. Oh, you woke up, baby. I'm, have you? I'm glad you joined the tribe. Thanks. I apologize again for being a little late there. <laughs> oh, no. Don't even worry about that. I'm just glad you showed up. And Pam, Dorothy stuck around. I get to get off the phone and go cook dinner. Almost I get to finish my laundry. <laughs> I'll let the dogs out and go up to the bed. <laughs> you got to write a rap before yeah. you go to bed. Oh, I can't write a rap for me. I've, I've been lucky. I've, my brain's been working this long. <laughs> <sighs> I have a watch the deadliest catch tonight. <laughs> I was being catching six okay. <laughs> we love you I too, Dorothy. I miss Phil. You've had a quiet night, uh, Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really not feeling well this evening, so oh. probably got a storm coming in. It wants me to go to sleep, which I always found very strange. You know, a storm comes in, and my body's reaction is to go to sleep. Not prepare for the storm, just go to sleep. Mm. You know, it's just strange. You going to have a storm fresh. come through? Yeah, I think we've got another storm coming through. It's I mean, we're we had we're one getting what we just what, got, what right? What you want, huh? You're getting what we just got. What's that? Well, we had a storm. What was it two days ago? Yeah, it was two days ago. It just like rain, just rain, rain, rain. But I saw it moving up. I saw it moving up towards you. So that's where it's supposed to be around here. <laughs> That's how it usually is where I live. It rains all the time. It just rains and rains and rains and that never stops raining. But it's beautiful out here today. And I heard it's going to be nice over the weekend. So. I live in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it rains. Good. It just rains. And it's like that in Ireland. I, we went. We went huh? to Ulster to live. We went to Ulster to live there for eighteen months, and uh, mm. I, I said, "You don't, you don't tan, you don't tan in Ulster. You go rusty because it rains that much." <laughs> yeah, it just rains and rains and rains. We moved here. We moved here from Colorado, but I told my husband, "I just, I just don't like living here because of the rain. It's just so much rain." And so much great oh, it's, um, it's, it's like being it's like being home. <laughs> uh, yes. Does like it rain here. a lot in England? Oh yes. When you watch movies or series from England, it's always raining. They've always got mm-hmm. umbrellas because yeah. it's always raining. 
That's right, huh? And they had their trench coats and stuff on. Yeah. My third cousin was from England. His family was from from England. We're big G. Kelly fans, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, she 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 uh <laughs> she loved England. She loved England. They I think they all were proud of England. But they moved to California, so they must have went in for a whole different attitude. Well, I remember before I graduated from college, I used to drive a tractor trailer cross country. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I wanted to see the country, and why not? I wasn't married and didn't have any responsibilities, really. And um, I remember every, it never failed, never failed one time. I used to go up to Seattle a lot, and um, uh-huh. it was always raining, 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 raining but it <laughs> yeah. never failed at around 4.35 o'clock. The sun always poked its head out, and then before you know it, it was gone. <laughs> it just rains and rains and rains. Rain, rain, rain. rain, rain, rain. rain. It's like, oh, don't want to live up there. No, you don't want to live here, but I'll tell you, I will tell you this. The summers out here are beautiful. They're just beautiful. They really, it rains. I'm not saying it doesn't rain, but it doesn't rain as much. And it's, it's. I mean, I haven't been out here for the 4th of July, but it wasn't raining. So, so it rains. We've been in the 80s for a couple of days. Been too hot to do anything. That's my behavior. Eighties are hot for me now too, which is funny because I I grew up in California, and I even lived in the high desert of California. It gets very hot there. Where'd you Where'd you live? In the high desert in Antelope Valley. I lived in. I lived. I grew up in Valencia. Uh, Um, Oh. Um, well, from when I was nine, before that I I lived in Burbank, and then at nine years old we moved out to the Valencia, Santa Clarita area, and then um, when I got older and I got married to my first husband, we moved to um, the Antelope Valley because houses were cheaper and we were poor because mm-hmm. we were very young, so we moved up there to buy a house so we could afford to buy a house, and it's hot up there. It just mm-hmm. it's very, 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 very hot. Well the only reason why I ask is because I lived in California for about fifteen years and I spent three of my first years in Fresno. In Fresno? Yeah. So okay. then I moved up to the Bay Area. I I lived in the Bay Area. My husband and I lived in the Bay Area too. I lived there for seven years. Now, Where? see, the Bay is not so hot. Where did you live in? No. I lived, um, well, first I lived in Belmont near San Mateo. Uh-huh. Then I moved to uh, Santa Cruz. Uh-huh. Oh, I like Santa Because I wanted to be by the beach. Uh-huh. And I wanted to be able to go to Monterey. I mean, that was great. Uh, yes. Um And then I spent the rest of the time I had bought a house up towards, uh, Fairfield, it, it's called Sassoon City. Uh-huh. It's, it's right on. I know, where, I know exactly where it's Okay, is. okay. I so exactly I lived in Sassoon, 
Yeah, uh-huh. so I lived in Sassoon, so, and we had our house up there, so, I mean, you know. It gets warm out in We're the running out of too. time, girls. It might be time to say goodnight. All righty. I'll say goodnight. Good night. Good night, everybody. Have a nice week. Until we meet again. Bye. Good night, everyone. Father bless. God bless. Father bless.